Full Draw Friday, number two. Let's get into this and then get into the weekend. Yeah. Today, I want to talk about tracking deer after the shot. I've seen a lot of questions about it on Facebook groups that I'm in recently, which makes sense because we're getting in the middle of October now, so more and more people are hunting, more and more people are out there shooting deer, and whether it be just they're new to this sport or they've been doing it for a while and they're seeing things they're not used to seeing, they shoot a deer in somewhere they've not shot them before, seeing different blood that they haven't seen before. There's been a lot of questions about it. And a lot of times when you ask questions on Facebook, you just get more ridicule than you do answers or helpful stuff. So I wanted to put out some good information on it, hopefully, and be a good resource for you guys that have questions about it. I think it's important to know what you're doing when it comes to tracking because it's so easy to ruin what was going to be a great hunt and a great buck a first deer, meat for the freezer, uh, just a doe you need to take off the property and you're going to go back and donate or eat yourself. Uh, you can ruin that easily by not knowing what you're doing after the shot. And I think recovering the deer is the most important thing that doesn't get talked about when it comes to hunting. You know, we spend all the money and the time learning how to get to the shot, but then when it comes to what happens after that, we don't spend a lot of time on it. A lot of people don't spend a lot of time on it. Now, there are some good resources out there, and I'll talk about those at the end of this. I think there's some guys that do a good job of spreading the word on what to do, and there's a lot of good articles on it. But the mainstream stuff, that's not what gets talked about a lot. So especially the people who are new to it and they don't know where to look, it's going to be tough for them to find good information about what to do after the shot. So we're going to talk about um, where you hit the deer, what kind of blood you're seeing, what the deer are doing as far as body language, wait times, pros and cons about, you know, waiting or going in after them right away. So we'll just jump into it here with kind of knowing where you hit the deer. And in order to do that, you have to be fairly familiar with the deer's anatomy. You got to know what's behind where your arrow went in to know what you hit and to know what to look for. So just kind of a quick overlay I guess of a deer's anatomy if you look at that front shoulder you go straight up from the front leg the lungs are gonna fall from behind that front shoulder back to almost the midway point of the deer so you can really get fairly far back and still hit both lungs especially one lung on that deer depending on if they're quarter in one way or the other and it, they, they cover a lot of area they're actually one of the biggest things to hit in there aside from the intestines down where that the elbow kind of creases right in behind that not really their elbow but once you get up to the deer's brisket area and then there's that crease of their shoulder that's going to be where the heart's at so it's kind of at the bottom of the lungs there right behind that front shoulder lower on the deer behind all that the lungs and the heart is going to be the liver underneath kind of the liver and behind it is the stomach, and then behind that is the intestines, and then they cover pretty much the back half of the deer. Now, there's some arteries that go through there as well, the femoral artery that goes down their back legs, uh, the car car carotid artery, I can't talk right now, that comes down the neck that you see hit a lot of times on like a neck shot. Um, there's some bigger arteries that go through there that you can hit as well, and we'll talk about that a little bit 
when we get down into that part. So that's just kind of a basic overlay of a deer's anatomy. You can look up pictures of it and get a better idea. I know it's hard to kind of picture that with just me talking about it, but again, you can look it up on Google and you should be able to find it pretty easy. So that's important because like I said, you got to know what you hit and know what you're aiming at. If you haven't heard, you should be aiming right behind that front shoulder. A good rule of thumb if they're quartering is to be aiming for the off shoulder. So the shoulder on that opposite side, obviously how close they are, if you're in a tree stand, is going to make a difference at how high and low to shoot. If they're out there and you're worried about them jumping the string, you're going to want to aim lower. But that, all of that stuff on its own could be a whole other podcast. So tonight we're just going to stick to what happens after that point. You've already made your shot. It's too late to worry about any of that right now. So once you know that and you kind of have a decent idea of what you might have hit, now you can go look at the blood. And that's going to tell a lot of the story. Whether you're talking about the heart and lungs, which is going to be that bright pink blood. It's going to have bubbles in it. If you did hit them in the lungs a lot of times, um, you can hit. The, the blood from the heart and the lungs is going to be really similar, and there might be some bubbles in it from the heart as well. But a lot of times if you're getting bubbles in that, it means you hit a lung hit. And that's a good thing. You want that. But again, from that heart shot, it's going to be a lot of bright, that lighter colored red almost a pink color blood as well there's probably going to be more of it if you hit the heart than if you hit the lungs especially if you hit the lungs up high um, then that deer has to fill up before it starts pumping out of those holes so the heart's so low and obviously it's pumping on the blood so you're going to get a considerably better blood trail from a heart shot than you would a lung shot most of the time but either way that's a dead deer pretty quick now behind that like we said is going to be the liver once you get into the liver you're going to be seeing more of that dark red blood and that's going to be almost kind of a maroon color, but not quite. It's just a, a really darker red color. You know what the difference from that and heart blood or lung blood, if you've seen it before. So that is going to indicate most likely a liver shot. And even if you've got a little bit of lungs and liver, that dark red blood is going to dominate your blood trail. Most likely it's going to wash out a lot of that lighter colored stuff. So or at least blend it. And it's going to be still a darker color than if it was just straight lungs or lung and heart or heart shot. Behind the liver, we get into the stomach and the intestines. That's going to be that brown-colored, brownish-red-colored blood. It's likely to have bits and pieces of stuff on it that came out of the deer's intestines that they'd been digesting. And it's going to have a really bad smell to it. If you've been field-dressing a deer and you've cut the guts open or you've gut-shot one before, you know the smell I'm talking about. Other than that, those are all kind of the lethal shots aside from the arteries. And the arteries and a muscle shot are going to be similar blood colors. It's going to be that bright red blood, but with a muscle shot, again, it's not going to be lethal. There's a lot of areas in the deer where you can get this kind of blood. Anywhere that doesn't have an artery or a major organ, um, there's even a spot right below the heart, between the heart and the brisket, where if you shoot through there, it looks really good when the arrow goes through. But you're going to get that bright red blood. I think a lot of people probably still believe that's a heart shot because it's so low on the body. There's going to be a pretty good amount of blood, especially right away. If you don't know to look for that lighter color blood, that bright red is going to really get you excited about it potentially being a heart shot because you think about heart pumping blood, bright red, it just kind of all goes together. But if you get to looking at your arrow, a lot of times it'll have some of that white hair on it from the brisket. That's going to be a pretty good indication 
that you probably got just a little bit too low. I've actually done that before myself and had all those things happen to me. Thought I heart shot the deer, was excited about the blood I was seeing. Didn't know until after I got to looking at the arrow. It did have some of that white hair on it. The blood dried up pretty quickly after that. Uh, the deer didn't act like he was heart shot, which I didn't take into consideration necessarily at the time. And I should have, but it ended up being, I just hit that void space underneath of the heart uh, between there and the bottom of the deer. So that's going to give you that muscle blood, that bright red muscle blood. You can hit above the lungs and get that kind of blood as well. Again, anywhere you're not hitting an artery or a major organ, you're probably going to see that bright red blood. It's going to clot quickly. So you might get to a spot where the deer either stopped and stood for a while and there's a little pool of blood or bedded down and there's a decent pool of blood. And then after that, it's likely it's just going to dry up. Another bright red blood you're going to get is from the artery though. But that one you're going to be able to tell just by the, the volume that is on, of, on the blood trail. And likely you're going to see that deer go down. If you shoot a deer in one of their major arteries, they're going to go down pretty quick. And you're going to know the difference between that and a muscle shot. The muscle shot, like I said, is not generally going to have a ton of blood, especially for a very long distance where the artery, it's going to look like you went through there with a paint bucket and just threw it all over everything. And then that deer is going to be dead pretty quick. So those are kind of some of the bloods to be looking for on any of those shots. Some of the, the body language that goes into that as well, like I said earlier, uh, with that muscle shot versus a heart shot. Um, on a heart shot deer, a lot of times you're going to see that big kick that you always see on the shows and stuff, that big mule kick that they do. They're going to take off running. And, of course, none of this is set in stone. It's just kind of a general rule of thumb. They're going to take off running like they don't know what happened, and they're probably not going to stop until they expire. So they're going to stop, and then they're going to tumble over like you've seen them do. Same way with the lungs. That's a lot of times what's going to happen with a double lung shot as well. They're going to take off running like they didn't know what happened, and then they're going to stop when they're ready to expire. Now, once you get farther back into the liver, you might see that a little bit, but a lot of times they're going to stop in bed, or they might stop and kind of look around for a second and then take off walking, um, flick their tail, and just kind of take off walking where as if it was just straight double lungs or heart shot, they probably would have fell over at that point. And then they're going to go bed, and it's it's pretty, it's not out of the ordinary to see a few different beds when you're tracking the deer with a liver shot as well, so don't get too discouraged by that. Hopefully they die in their first bed, but a lot of times it doesn't work that way, so they're probably going to go lay down, and then whether coyotes or they push them or they just get up and decide to try to move some more, you're probably going to see a few different beds um, on a liver shot. Now that gut shot, they're really going to kind of hunch up in the midsection. A lot of times, they're not necessarily going to take off running for very far. They might take a few leaps and then, again, hunch up and kind of start walking off. And you'll be able to tell pretty quick that that deer's hurting. And if you're in that borderline area where you don't know if you got liver or stomach intestines, you're probably going to be able to tell just based on that deer's body language. Then the muscle blood, again, sometimes they might jump, sometimes they might not. Uh, the, a couple deer that I've shot and got that kind of blood, they've run off a decent little distance, stopped and looked back, and then just it was like they kind of just shook it off, and then they were fine. One deer in particular, I shot him in the shoulder, broke off the arrow about a third of the way up, so didn't get enough penetration to get into the lungs. Hit that hard bone on his shoulder. 
he he poured bright red blood, no bubbles, for a couple hundred yards. But then it started to dry up. We got little specks of it. We ended up seeing that deer chasing across the field once we got to basically where our blood ran out. We crossed the creek. We found one more speck and then stopped and looked up ahead of us. And he was already back to chasing does. Uh, we're 90% sure it's the same buck. So essentially they're just going to shake that off. And then again with the artery, it's going to be a lot like a heart shot. They're just going to take off running and then fall over. They're not going to have very far to go without, I mean, they're going to pump all their blood out in a pretty short amount of time when it comes to that. Something to look for. I'll get into that in a second. First, I want to go over time, kind of time frames based on all that. So now we know kind of the basic anatomy where your arrow hit, what it potentially hit, and then what the blood has told you it's hit. So you got a pretty good idea what you're looking at as far as what you hit on the deer. Now you need to know, how soon can I go look for him? Harder lung shot, 30 to 90 minutes. A lot of times on the shorter side of that. And this, of course, is if you don't see them fall from the stand. If you see them fall from the stand, you know you're in good shape. You might still give them a little bit of time, but then they're going to be expired and you can go up to them. But double long, heart shot, so you're getting that bright pink blood. You know where it hit, 30 to 90 minutes. Pretty good rule of thumb on that. Again, this is, I guess, a heart shot. You know, they say it recovered right away, but again, it's going to be a little bit hard to tell, heart to lungs, if you don't see them fall over. So we're, we're going to call those kind of the same thing, 30 to 90 minutes. And this isn't set in stone, just general rules of thumb. A single lung or liver or that lung and liver shot, you're going to want to give them closer to four to six hours. So if you're seeing that dark red blood and they acted a little bit different, like I just talked about, four to six hours is a pretty good window to give them and then go in after that deer. A gut shot deer, now you're talking eight to 12 hours at a minimum. Now... You might be thinking that seems like a long time. Maybe it's warm out. Uh, what happens if the meat spoils? That is a potential if you end up waiting too long. But in my opinion, I would rather wait just a little bit too long and take a chance as that over going in and bumping that deer and never finding it at all. And even then, if you do wait, you know, six, eight to 12 hours, while that seems like a long time, the reason you're waiting is because that's how long it takes for that deer to expire. So if he hasn't died yet, and he's only been dead for an hour before you go recover him, even though it was 12 hours since you shot him, again, he's only been laying there dead for an hour, so that meat's not going to be bad yet, even if it's fairly warm outside. That kind of takes me into the next thing of the pros and cons of actually waiting these times before you go recover that deer. The biggest pro, obviously, like I said, you're not bumping that deer off of your property. Maybe you can only track them and your neighbor is a jerk and won't let you come over there and track them. You don't want to take a chance of pushing them onto your neighbor's property where you can't get them anyway. You're not going to bump them so far that they just keep running and they run out, and you run out of blood and you can't find them and then you never recover them that way. Um, another pro is actually recovering them in the shortest distance possible which kind of goes back to that not bumping them, you're going to be able to go in there and have the shortest track job possible as opposed to even if you still do recover that deer, you've bumped him twice, now you've gone two times the distance that you would have had to had you just waited in the first place. And then kind of a third pro to this is you're not causing that deer 
I mean, you're you're letting that deer expire as soon as possible. So you're not prolonging that inevitable death any longer than what need what needs to be. Um, you let them bed up, and they end up dying in the first bed. That's best case scenario. Even if you don't hit them in that double lungs or heart, you're not making them run for another however many hundred yards. And there's two more hours where they're still running around their shot instead of being dead in that first bed. The cons, like I said, if it is warm, the meat potentially could spoil if you did wait too long. It's potential, there is potential that coyotes could get on them before you do, which does happen sometimes, especially like on a gut shot. They've got that extra stench to them, so it doesn't take long if you've got coyotes, especially if you've got a lot of dogs in your area, for them to go in and find that deer before you get to it. And then just waiting for them. You've all this excitement built up. You finally got the opportunity. You shot that deer, and now you got to wait four hours to go do it. That's a pretty big con, especially when, again, you've been so patient up to this point. Now you got to be just a little bit more patient. It's hard to do sometimes. So that's kind of the pros and cons to doing it. Now, when you're actually on that blood trail, if you've seen this, if you've got to that point, you know what blood, you've waited your wait time, now you're on the blood trail. There's a lot of different variables that go into where that deer potentially could have gone. You're going to want to have a pretty good frame of reference of the last place you saw them. So whether they ran into a woods, something of that nature, try to get a spot as you're watching them go off where the last place you saw them was. And that way, even if you can't find blood where you shot them, or if you do find blood where you shot them, you have a pretty good idea what direction they went, what direction you need to be going. That way, if you get off of blood before you get to that point, you know you need to be going in that direction. Um, and if you lose the blood totally, or like I said, you don't have any blood where you shot them, you can go to that spot and start your search there, and maybe you pick up blood. Because there's a good portion of the time where the deer won't even start bleeding right away. They'll have to walk, run a little bit to open that, really open that wound up, and then the blood will start pouring. So that may be something where you have to go in and find that spot where you last saw them. Start from there, find that blood, and then go. Another thing to look for is beds. Uh, if you go in and you see a first bed, there's a good pool of blood. You can tell they laid down there. No deer. You're going to, depending on that shot, you might want to back out at that point because you may not have waited quite long enough, and they might you might have actually jumped them out of that bed, and then they're on to their next one. If you do decide to keep tracking and you see another bed, again, another good sign you might want to just back out and wait a few more hours and then go back in if those beds are a good distance apart. If you see one bed and then there's another one in the next 10 yards, 20 yards, and then there's another one within the next 20, 30 yards, pretty good indication that that deer at that point was really hurting and he's probably somewhere close. So you're probably getting close to finding that deer if you're seeing those beds in a short distance in time rather than spread out. If you're seeing them spread out, you might want to back out and give them a few more hours. Another thing to look for would be clots. So if you think you got a heart shot, but you're borderline on what actual red color you're looking at, if you're not seeing any bubbles in it and you're seeing that blood start to clot up and coagulate, then you might start thinking that Maybe you muscle shot, hit that deer in a muscle and it wasn't actually a lethal hit. A lot of times you'll also see them stop and they'll like sneeze and that blood will come out and it'll be clotted up like that. Uh, in that case, you're going to run and really look for bubbles because 
if that happens, it generally means that it got in their airway somehow. So it was a, at least you got part of the lungs. There's a lot, like I said, there's a lot of different variables that go into it. But again, if there's clotting and no bubbles, that's going to be a decent indication that you got a muscle shot. So that's something to look for as well. Um, try to see if you got blood on either side. So if you if you're following one specific blood trail, try to step over a foot or two and see if there's blood on both sides. That way you'll know whether you've got a pass through or not. If that arrow didn't just pass all the way through, maybe you still got two holes on either side of them, so that's going to be good. Um, the more blood coming out of that thing, the better as far as you being able to recover it. Those are a few things to look for when you're tracking. Obviously, there's a whole list more what to do. I've been on some pretty crazy track jobs from, again, finding tons of blood right away, thinking that deer should be dead no matter what, to never finding them, all the way to giving up on a deer that we're 90% sure was heart shot, walking back to the truck and finding just one little speck of blood and then picking it up from there and going and finding that deer, finding out that it actually was heart shot. It just didn't bleed for a while. took us a while to get on the trail. And the distances those deer are going to run makes, I mean, it will vary as well. Sometimes you might heart shoot a deer and it runs 30 yards and dies. Other times it runs 200, 300, 400 yards and dies. A lot of times a double lung shot, they're going to die quicker than a heart shot. But again, it just depends on how much damage you do inside of there. So a lot of variables go into that stuff. But hopefully all that will help. Now there are some other good resources. Obviously Google's a big one. If you can't remember any of this and you don't have, you can't get back onto here to listen to it, you can Google what you're seeing or just go in there and Google uh, deer hit indicators or, you know, anything like that, and you're going to be able to come up with some decent resources as to what you hit, what kind of blood you're seeing, and what you need to do. Another one that personally I like is inside of Drury Outdoors' DeerCast app. That's an app that I think if you're a deer hunter, you should have, and I don't want this to sound like a commercial forum, and we're not partnered with them in any way. They're not paying us to say this. It's a really great app for predicting deer movement, and if nothing else, you can use it for weather updates and it's got the barometric pressure. It's got basically everything you would want to know. Sunrise, sunset, wind direction, all that good stuff, wind speed, all right there together. And you can look at it for like the week or whatever. But as far as tracking goes, and I think you have to get the paid version for this, which is like $20 a year. But there again, when you talk about all the money you've spent to get to the point of shooting that deer, What's another 20 bucks to make sure you can find them? Inside of that app, if you buy it, is DeerCast Track. And this has a virtual deer, 3D deer, that you can zoom in on. You can change the directions he's facing. Um, and you go in and put these crosshairs on them wherever you think that arrow went in, wherever that arrow went in. And then it's going to bring up all kinds of results for videos over the years that the Drury's have where they've shot deer in that same spot, quartering to, quartering away, the deer ducked. Uh, it was just standing there, high angle, low angle, everything like that. And you got all that video to go in and watch and see what they did, what worked for them or what didn't work. You've got different, again, different angles you can look at from the 3D deer. Um, they'll give you tracking tips in there, guys talking about, that particular hit in that spot at that angle telling you exactly what you need to do and things to consider 
for where you hit that deer. So again, not to sound like a commercial for those guys, but I think that is, that's one of the best resources I've seen as far as the deer, knowing where you hit that deer and what to do, what comes next after that. So additionally, if you've done all that stuff, you ran out of blood, you just can't find this deer, but you know he's dead somewhere. A last resource, in my opinion, would be to go to a dog because I think, you know, and if that's available for you, there's places where you can't get a dog um, around. I'm sure sometimes they're busy. They can't come help you out as soon as they need to because there's a window for them as well where that scent's going to be gone at some point. Maybe you just can't afford to have them come in because it does cost money. But if you can, if you have the means to do it, um, I think you owe that deer every effort, every exhausting every available resource to yourself to go find it. And again, maybe that doesn't come down to a dog. But if it does, if that's available to you, I think you owe it to the deer. And there's resources for that as well. There's the Illinois Deer Tracker Network. If you're in Illinois, uh, it's a Facebook group. You can go on there, and they've got a bunch of guys with dogs. You can hopefully find one available that's in your area or that will travel to your area. So you can go in and find that deer. And then if you're anywhere else or even in Illinois, uh, unitedbloodtrackers.com has a huge database um, of trackers in there, guys with dogs that do that track deer all over the Midwest, all over the country, in fact. Um, I think it goes in there and lists them by name and location. So that's a good resource as well. It gives you your contact information. If you're looking for a dog, if that's the way you want to go. Obviously, there's cons to that as well. You're running a dog through there and all your scent, you're multiplying that by your scent and the tracker scent and whoever you're taking with you. And then the dogs in there are making a lot of noise. If the deer aren't used to dogs where you're at, that could be an issue. Um, but again, I think you owe it to the deer that you shot to find it if you know it's dead somewhere. Obviously, you don't want to go through all that trouble if it ended up being a, a muscle hit based on the things we've talked about. But that is an option. So that is all I wanted to talk about on tracking. Hopefully that helps. Hopefully it's good information for you guys. And you can use this as a resource as well if you hit a deer and don't know exactly what to do. Or now you'll have this knowledge. And next time you do hit that deer, you'll have an idea what to look for, where you hit it, and uh, what to do after that to give yourself the best chance of recovering that deer as quickly as possible. So... If you guys like the podcast, if you like what we're doing on Fridays, you like what our regular podcast, you can support it at ridgehunteroutdoors.com. You can go on there. You can get our apparel, all of our scents that are available. We've got a little bit of food plot seed, anything like that. If you ever have any questions on anything, if you ever have questions about tracking deer or what you've seen and have any questions on anything like that, feel free to send it through the website or our Facebook page, Ridge Hunter Outdoors. That's another way you guys can support. Go like us, follow us on there. Follow us on Instagram at Ridge Hunter Outdoors. Um, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you're listening to it there. Give us a follow on Spotify. Wherever you're listening to it, leave us a review. Five stars, one star, whatever it is, good or bad. Let us know what you think. We appreciate you guys listening. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Full Draw Friday, and we will catch you next week. <laughs>